During the encounter, the suspect, a struggle ensued in which the suspect fired shots, striking Officer Peter Jervin. Officer Jervin discharged his firearm, striking the subject, suspect. Officer Jervin was transported to Freighter Hospital for treatment and later succumbed to his injuries. The deceased suspect is a 19-year-old Milwaukee man, Terrell Thompson. The Milwaukee Police Department mourns the loss of Officer Jervin, a 38-year-old lifelong resident of the city of Milwaukee and a four-year veteran of the Milwaukee Police Department. Officer Jervin is a beloved member of our agency and his courage in the line of duty should be commended. He received an MPD Lifesaving Award just last year for heroically providing life-saving care to a shooting victim during extremely dangerous conditions. He will be greatly missed by us all. As we grieve, please remember Officer Jervin's smile and positive attitude that will brighten up our days and light up our up room. He was a loving friend, a trusted colleague, and an outstanding officer whose passion was to serve as an officer since the young age of 13. To my officers, I am grateful for every one of you who bravely put on the MPD uniform and faced the unknown daily task of protecting our, our city. I'm proud of your response to this tragedy and response how difficult it must be to continue our important work despite suffering a traumatic loss. I'm asking that each and every one of you reach out to one another and that you not only support one another, but you pray for one another. I'm also asking for you to pray for Officer Jervin's family. At this time, uh, I'll bring the uh, Mayor Johnson to the microphone. That was Milwaukee Police Thank Chief Jeffrey much, Norman. Uh, Chief Peter Jerving is a name that we will remember in Milwaukee and a name that we will honor in Milwaukee. He came to work every single day knowing the challenges and knowing the potential danger that would possibly affect him, affect certainly his brothers and sisters in the Milwaukee Police Department and their duty, their sworn duty to protect and serve this city and its residents every single day. That's the very definition, the very definition of bravery. That's what Officer Jerving represented. His colleagues here at Police District Number 4 and officers throughout the city have our, our sincere condolences, for not just from me as mayor, but from every single person who resides in this city and calls Milwaukee home. I know that Peter Jerving's family was proud of his dedication to his career, to his desire to be a Milwaukee police officer from uh, the young age that Chief Norman just mentioned. They've got my sympathy, they have my appreciation as well, and all of us can only imagine, I certainly can only imagine, the tremendous loss that they're feeling right now. The entire city is deeply saddened today. As we all know that Peter Jerving was out there in the middle of the night doing his job, protecting and serving this entire city and the residents in it. He's protecting all of us who live here and all of us who work here. And we're so grateful for his service and we're grateful to all the men and all the women who put on that badge and put on those boots and go out and patrol these streets every single day to keep all of us safe in Milwaukee. No matter if you're a resident, no matter if you are a commuter who comes into the city every day for work or otherwise, 
no matter if you're a visitor, no matter if you're one of our businesses, that's what Peter represented. And that's what the men and women of this police department do day in and day out, and we owe them a, a debt of gratitude. Thank you. That was Mayor Cavalier Johnson. Jeffrey Before Norman, the chief, coming back to the podium. I also thank the Milwaukee community. Appreciate the outpouring of support, the outpouring of love. Understand that this is a very difficult moment for us all. Thank you, and continue to support us as we deal with this unfortunate tragedy. Who? Oh, sorry. Yep. You know, still trying to get myself together. Uh, at this time, I'd like to bring our chaplain who will have a uh, uh, words from the family, our chaplain, George Papacrisco. Sorry about that. Good afternoon. Uh, the Jervine family, Officer Jervine's family, would like to thank the citizens of Milwaukee for their continued support thus far. Especially, we'd like to thank his brothers and sisters in blue and also offers their support to his brothers and sisters in blue. They have asked me to read the following statement. It is with much sadness that we, the family of Officer Peter Jerving, announce his untimely death, which took place in the line of duty. Officer Peter Jerving loved and dedicated his life to serving the great people of our city. To his last breath, Peter fulfilled that goal. Milwaukee has lost one of its finest young officers. He will be greatly missed by his mother, father, brothers, and sisters, other family members, as well as his many wonderful friends and his comrades, brothers and sisters of the Milwaukee Police Firefighter and Rescue Community. We ask that you respect the privacy of the family and friends of Officer Jervang during this period of mourning. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Thank you. At this time, any questions? Hold on. One second, I wanted to clarify. He's 37. Okay. So we understand that the uh, Thompson had a weapon, but they were still looking in regards to the actual circumstances. Uh, we're still awaiting the autopsy report, so there's a number of questions, unfortunately, still not answered at this time. Still looking into that situation also. What was that, sir? Not this time, but uh, I know that the, the team has and uh, is still looking in regards to any investigative leads and just making sure that we got all the understanding of what happened for the uh, investigation. Uh, he had a partner. So as the uh, chief, I was more than likely one who gave him the life saving award. Uh, you know, I really appreciate that type of dedication. Uh, I know that the captain uh, that oversees him, uh, Captain Sly, would know him more personally than me. I know that, you know, there's a uh, large contingency of officers. But all I do know is that everything that I'm hearing about him is just nothing but positive things. I uh, was able to talk to his mother who said that he was so proud to be an officer, so proud to be a Milwaukee police officer. I mean, those are the individuals that we really embrace and just say, hey, you know, this is what we are representing in regards to, you know, um, donning the badge, donning the uniform, uh, being proud to be a resident, proud to be a part of this team, and that, uh, you know, being able to step up to the challenge of what we need for our city in regards to public safety. Chief, where's the procession going? What can you tell us about that? At this time, I don't know. I know that we'll be following up with you all in regards to just the uh, uh, 
the uh, um, details of the procession. I'm sorry, there's one more. What? Yes. Yep. Yep. Thirty-seven. Yeah. Still working on that. I know that uh, it was uh, pretty recent. The incident happened the night before, so uh, it wasn't that long in regards to the um, uh, investigation that led them to the south side. But uh, again, this is still an ongoing investigation, trying to figure out all the details on that. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate Thank you. Guys that is Milwaukee Police Chief Jeffrey Norman. Surrounded by command staff outside District 4 headquarters on the city's north side. A large picture of Peter Jerving, 37 years old, with his badge, badge number 3422. Peter Jerving, 37 years old, four-year veteran of the force. His picture on an easel, a statement being read from his family, saying in part, we'd like to thank the citizens of Milwaukee, especially the brothers and sisters in blue. It is with much sadness that we confirm the untimely death of our son. Milwaukee lost one of its finest young officers. His mother, father, brothers, and sister are in mourning, and then they close with a Bible verse. We'll have much more on this, including that procession, which is expected to begin relatively shortly here. The command staff likely will make their way to the medical examiner's office. Then a procession will begin. We'll give you details as we know them, as that becomes available. It will impact the roads. Debbie's on top of that. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll check in with Deb on the roads on this Tuesday afternoon. So you heard the police chief there and the mayor talking live on WTMJ. A lot of questions remain unanswered. Here's what we know. A Milwaukee police officer, now identified as Peter Jerving, 37 years old, was shot and killed early this morning trying to arrest a robbery suspect. A couple of hours earlier, there was a robbery that took place on the north side, Good Hope Road. The suspect ended up on the south side. Protocol is that if the crime is committed in one district, officers from that district may go investigate, apprehend, be involved if the suspect is found in another district. And that's apparently what happened here. So the robbery takes place on the north side. Suspect is located on the south side. Several officers from District 4 on the north side respond. About 1.15 a.m., the suspect is seen, and he's fleeing. So officers chase him. One officer catches up with the man. A struggle ensues. And the man, according to police, fired a handgun, hitting a second officer, which we now know was Jerving. We're led to believe he was not the officer involved in the initial scuffle, but he was running to help and he was shot. He discharged his weapon. It's not clear at this point whether the suspect who died at the scene died from the gun he was holding or was shot by police. The suspect in the shooting is Terrell Thompson in Milwaukee. Terrell Thompson, earlier in the day yesterday, was sentenced on a misdemeanor hit-and-run case, and the judge in the case, Milwaukee Circuit Judge Christopher D., sentenced him to four months in the House of Correction, but then stayed or postponed the sentence for a year of probation instead. That means that Thompson would serve no jail time, was released. He would only serve jail time if he violated probation. And then we know... Twelve hours later, he shot and killed Peter Jerving. So that's where we sit. That's what we know at this point. A procession is scheduled to take place from the medical examiner's office, and it will move uh, to a funeral home in Brookfield. 
there are likely to be, as we head towards the end of rush hour, some serious delays. I-94 westbound is likely to be the route of the procession. Debbie will keep you updated on that. But if it's like the others, and I covered them right from this chair in 2018 and 2019, unfortunately, there will be rolling closures on the interstates. There will be a long procession of cars with a traditional hearse that will carry his body to that funeral home in Brookfield. Because as Jerving's parents wrote in that statement, uh, this is going to bring together a lot of the family, the brothers and sisters in blue, and also the community to come out and support. It's a major city event, and uh, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to cover it in 2018 and 2019. I, I was one of the listeners then, one of the fans uh, tuning in to find out the latest. Yeah, I hope we, I hope we are done with that, but yeah, here we are again. So we will bring that to you when it happens, and we don't know when that's going to happen. That press conference just wrapped up uh, downtown at District 4, and you can be sure that the chief is going to be part of that procession, and he will be part of the send-off from the medical examiner's office, which is right downtown, so he will go from the north side to the medical examiner's office, and uh, he will be part of that procession, and things will launch there, and you will, of course, hear it all here. Debbie's really on top of the road, so as things are impacted, we will let you know exactly how that how that plays out. And it really is heartbreaking to hear from the family that, and also from the police department that here's a fellow who knew from age 13 that this was his calling. Yeah. Yeah, it is heartbreaking. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. So we continue to prepare for the procession of the fallen police officer that will go from the Milwaukee Medical Examiner's Office downtown to the funeral home in Brookfield. We will carry that for you, along with uh, Debbie reporting on how it impacts your roads as that happens. So I woke up this morning like a lot of people, and I was sad. I started really sad. I got on the exercise bike, turned on the TV, flipped on my phone, and saw what had happened, that Peter Jerving had been killed. And I was sad, kind of rocked, kind of brought me back to 2018 and 19 when we were dealing with this on a semi-regular basis. Now, I'm still a little sad, but I'm mad. We knew in this building who the officer was at 9 o'clock this morning. We had the name. Good sources gave me the information. We didn't name him because it wasn't the responsible thing to do. There was no point in it. The police department hadn't named him. They sent out a statement at 11.52 this morning that said in part, once family notifications have been completed, we will release the name and photo of the fallen officer. At 12.14 p.m., the Journal Sentinel wrote an article where they said, the officer's family has requested privacy and for the media to refrain from identifying the officer by name as they continue to notify relatives of his death. The Journal Sentinel has confirmed the officer's identity but is not naming him at this time. The problem was, two and a half hours earlier, at 9.52 a.m., online and on Twitter, the Hispanic News Network blasted out his name and picture. This is how the Hispanic News Network describes their own organization. Hispanic News Network is a global, informative, and reliable news source for the public interest. A source told me, who I reached out to as the Hispanic News Network was blasting this picture and name all over the place that they were having trouble. The police department was contacting some of Jerving's family and 
they were afraid that they were going to find out from Twitter. So the Hispanic News Network describes themselves as informative and reliable. I would add to that. They're also irresponsible, selfish, unempathetic, pathetic, bottom-dwelling, self-serving, reckless, thoughtless, pitiful, awful. Oh, you mean that organization? Yeah, that's how I describe them. They had to be first. And at what price? To run the risk that the family would find out through an online source rather than through the police department, because they had to be first. I tried to reach out to the organization. They're based in Canada with a presence in Milwaukee. I couldn't find any way to get in touch with them. Their behavior is deplorable. We wonder why people get pissed off at the media, why people get upset with the media. It's because some members of the media, like the Hispanic News Network, are reckless. Blatant disregard for people's feelings. No sense of doing what's right, only a sense of, I want to be first at all costs. It is absolutely awful. I'm still a little sad, but more than that, I'm angry. It's 443 at WTMJ. Time for the Milwaukee Medical Briefing with Dr. John Raymond. He is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. Dr. Raymond, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, good afternoon, John. On a tough day, I wanted to ask you a couple questions related to the to the police shooting, and I wanted to start with mental health. So officers that are having to cope with this have now lost somebody that they work with, somebody that they see every day, and someone who does the same job as them, and now they're going out and doing that same job again today, which is inherently unpredictable. When you think about the mental health challenges and the coping mechanisms that are necessary and the tools that would be helpful for those officers returning to work today, what kind of thoughts come to mind for you? Boy, that, that's such a, a tough issue, and my heart and thoughts go out to the families and also the people that work with and do the same job as as our fallen police officer. It is just so difficult to go back when someone that you know and respect um, has has been killed on the job. So the um, police are very good at providing support. Um, there's clerical, uh, clerical, clergy support and uh, mental health support, but it's just so difficult. And, you know, the, the whole issue of crime and violence is one that our community hasn't really come to grips with. Um, mental health is a contributor, but it's not everything. Poverty, lack of living wage jobs, uh, safe and stable homes, access to high-quality educational opportunities, all those things factor in. And it's just so difficult for the community to, to rally around everybody that needs our help when something like this happens. And I think it's just as good to re- reflect on the on the good things that we have and, and the important work that our law enforcement officers do every day. This is not just tough for people who are first responders and maybe even connected to Officer Jerving, but I think it's really tough for anybody who lives in Milwaukee and loves our city and our state. Are there suggestions you have, as we all kind of take it in, to help process these feelings of being stunned and sad? Just lean on people that you know and and love and trust and uh be vulnerable, especially if you're if you're feeling bad about it. But you know this is so terrible for our entire community, and I, I think it's hard for people to feel safe when something like this happens, even though everyone is doing their very best 
um, to make this a, a safe and, and vibrant community. It's just so difficult for all of us. And as I think about the word procession, it has the word process in it. I feel like these rituals, as we see this journey, can also help us process and gives people a chance to come together on the sides of the streets to, to visibly show their support. You're so right, Sandy, and it's also the beginning of getting closure and coping with the reality of, of shocking trauma that just happened in our community, just a terrible tragedy. Um, and, and these symbolic processions really, really are important for us to come together. Dr. John Raymond is with us on WTMJ. Dr. Raymond, I want to once again revisit the importance of having a level one trauma center in our area. Two people died in this incident, but there were several other shootings in the past week, and those people survived, and many of them were treated at Freighter. How important is it, do we take it for granted, that we have a level one trauma center right in our backyard? Well, I hope no one takes it for granted. It, it really is an incredible asset for the community. You know, there are 127 hospitals in Wisconsin that participate in a coordinated uh, trauma network, and 13 of those are designated either level one or level two, but there are only three level one trauma hospitals in the state, Freighter Children's for Kids, and then UW can take care of both adults and kids. So here in Madison and Milwaukee, we are fortunate to have level one trauma centers, but it requires an enormous investment of talent and resources and physical infrastructure. You have to have a large team of specialists in the emergency room, the radiology suite, anesthesia, the surgeons, the operating rooms, the imaging facilities, intensive care units, and you have to have people either in the hospital or immediately available 24-7, 365. You're talking about trauma surgeons, neurosurgeons, orthopedic and spine surgeons, heart and lung surgeons, general and abdominal surgeons, pediatric and adult surgeons. All those people need to be in place. It's an extraordinarily expensive but really critical, important part of the infrastructure in our community. Well said. Dr. John mm -hmm. Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Raymond. Yeah, thank you, John and Sandy. All right, I want to bring uh, Wyatt Barmar-Pooley in here, and then we're going to get to Deb in a second. Uh, Wyatt is at the medical examiner's office where a procession sometime this afternoon will begin. Wyatt, paint the picture. What's it looking like out there? I am at the intersection of State and Ninth Street, just down the road from the medical examiner's office, and we are looking at a Milwaukee Fire Department ladder truck that's been set up, lights blazing, ladder extended, and a large American flag now hanging over Ninth Street, where the procession will go from the medical examiner's office towards the Krause uh, Funeral Home in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Uh, are different agencies there, Wyatt? Are police personnel beginning to assemble? Have we seen the chief? Uh, there's a battalion chief for the fire department car already here. I have seen uh, squad cars from the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office as well as, of course, the Milwaukee Police Department. And uh, th those have been the major agencies I've seen so far. Right now, a squad car for MPD is rolling past me with lights and sirens on. So it seems like we're getting closer to getting underway. All right, let's bring Debbie in here. Uh, Deb, unfortunately, you and I have been through this a few times yeah. in the last few years. I have a map pulled up of the medical examiner's office, which is at 9th and Highland, roughly. Right. 
So there's a couple ways. I assume they're going to want to get to 94 and head east to Brookfield. Are there a couple options for how they could do that, taking in mind that there's a procession? So they're right. not going to want to cut this street and that street and be zigzagging. Right. There's a there, there's a couple of ways that they could do this. They could head to uh, 6th Street and get on to the freeway, onto 43 at McKinley, take that south and go through the Marquette. Or more likely, or what we have seen in the past, is they get down, um, they take the city streets down to get on to the freeway using the 7th Street level on-ramp, James Lovell Street on-ramp. Um, and then they're going to be able to get through the Marquette relatively quickly that way. Now, it's pretty backed up already on the freeway, and I haven't really seen any squads. What they normally do with the rolling closures is they will uh, close off the on-ramps to try and control the, the flow of traffic getting onto the freeway. And, you know, as the procession goes through, they'll go around and continue on to the next on-ramp and kind of block it off, and you can kind of follow the progression in that way. Um, the difficulty is it's it's kind of hard to tell how they're going to end up handling with the it, there's Sungler, there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of Sungler and it's really slow right now. So I'm thinking everybody's going to end up probably shifting over to the right and allowing the officers in the procession to continue through on the left lane. That's my best guess um, as far as how they're going to end up doing that. But as luck would have it, things ease up once you get through the stadium yeah. so then they'll be able to, to head smoothly over to Brookfield. All right, Deb will help us get home the rest of the afternoon. Looking at a live picture from downtown Milwaukee, a large ladder truck from the Milwaukee Fire Department, fully extended American flag, flapping briskly in a February wind. Clear sky, traffic moving, no street closures downtown at this point as flashing lights begin to take over Milwaukee streets near 9th and Highland, preparing for that procession for the fallen officer. We will bring that to you when it happens. It is 4.56 at WTMJ.